Good morning, everybody. This will come later. So everybody's asked me if I'm nervous, and I said, definitely. Um, good. So, uh, yeah, that's my mouthpiece. I should put him up here. So let's start off with praying. Father God, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to be in your house, God, to be in the place, God, that you've called us to be, to come together, to be with each other, God, to be with our family, Lord. God, I just thank you for these people, Lord. I thank you that they've been here for me and I've been there for them, God, and we are helping each other grow up and get closer to you and be the people that you've called us to be, Father. And Lord, this morning as I stand up here as one of them, Lord, God, I just pray that you give me strength, God, to speak the words you would speak, Lord. May my heart be seen, Lord. And uh, we just ask for your glory to fill this place. In your name we pray, amen. amen. So pastor asked me to, he didn't ask, he was like, you preaching on whatever Sunday this is. I said, okay. You know, when pastor tells you you're going to do it, you say, okay. Um, let me get this thing out of my pocket. So uh, I'd, I've thought about a lot of things. I've had about three different sermons rolling around. And I sat down, I don't know, I guess I called Hunter, I think it was Thursday or Friday, this past Thursday or Friday, and I said, did Alex's interpretation get recorded? He said, well, let me check. I said, well, all right, God, that'll be the open door. If it's there, that's what I want to talk about. Because I felt like God spoke last week, and a lot of times God will speak and God will do things, and then we just leave it in last week. So... I'm going to attempt to merge two of the three together this morning. Um, so as, as, again, as I thought about last week, I, I, I hesitated to use it because it was the first time I'd ever had God use me like that. And I didn't want to come across as, oh, let me tell you how bad I am. But I felt like God spoke and we needed to hear what he was saying. And I, you know, I'm in the back and I'm on the soundboard and all the way through worship, I felt God's got, wants me to give a message in tongues. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I know it's real. I know it's in the Bible, but I've never been there. And I'm sitting there in the back and I'm thinking, well, when's the right time? You know, and there was kind of a, a lull in worship and I'm like, well, maybe now, but I know that everybody up here has in-ears and they probably won't even know what's going on and they'll start jamming again. And I'm like... Look at me, you know. So I kind of dropped it, but I felt like I was going to explode. When, when the uh, How He Loves, it talks about her heart turns violently inside of her chest. That's what I was standing back there. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow up. So we, after we do communion, I don't know, some of you here, some of you weren't. I felt like God said now. So I went and told Bernie, and I was like, you know, again, all about to pop. And I said it, I guess I said it quiet. He was like, what? You know, and I said, I felt like I have a message to give in tongues. He said, well, go for it, brother. And you know, it went from there. So what I did, I want to start out and I want to read. I went and dictated or whatever the word is for, I listened to exactly and I wrote word for word what Alex shared with us last week. So I'm going to start off reading that. It says, how many, how many times do you have to be broken? How many times must you be hurt before you surrender everything? For everything is surrendered and everything is holy and pure and set apart for my glory, for my glory alone. When will you surrender it all? 
When will you make that sacrifice completely? When will you allow me to heal you? When will you allow me to make your heart whole? When will you allow me to make you everything you were designed to be? When will you stop holding back? When will you allow my grace, my love, my mercy, my perfectness to make you whole? When will you let your pride be broken? Where your pride will be nothing and you are broken before me. And you will have nothing. You will have nothing except me. Allow me to come in. I'm standing at the door and knocking. Will you let me in or will you keep me out? Will you abandon the people who are coming knocking, who are looking for love, who are placed in your life for a reason? It's not a coincidence. It's not. I have placed them there and you are to show them love. You're supposed to be the hands and the feet. You're supposed to put yourself on that cross because I did that for you. How many times, how many times will you look at that person and see the ugliness instead of seeing their heart crying out, begging, begging to somebody to see them, begging to see their brokenness and their pain and their suffering, the things nobody else knows but God. They act out and they lash out because of that pain. How many times are you going to keep looking at them? Why are you going to hide behind the excuses of your own pain? Why, when you see me on the cross, bring it to my feet, lay it at my feet, you don't have to carry it anymore. Death has been defeated. We have nothing to fear. Will we keep looking? Will you continue keeping yourself an excuse to not be everything you were meant to be? Or will you take ownership and become the men and the women you were designed to be? There's some powerful words and a hard challenge. So often God will do something mighty and we leave it and we just forget about it. We can't do that. If we're going to continue to move upward and upward and upward in Christ, we have to think about what's going on and what is God saying and what is my part. I've read this numerous times and I see four main points that I want to talk about this morning. I titled the sermon, The Four Gets. Get saved, get healed, get over yourself, and get on with it. Number one is get saved. I don't know where everybody stands this morning, but we can't do anything for God until we give him our hearts. I can never be the husband or the father I should be without God. I can never be the employee or the manager without God. Our prayers, except for the one that says, I am a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead, Jesus. Come and save me from my sins mean nothing without God. You know, I, I had a friend that was in a bad accident and we've prayed for him. I, I, yeah, I texted it to Kathy when it happened and he was thrown out of a car and the car rolled on top of him. And there's been this, a lot of people saying they're praying for him. And I'm not trying to judge, but you know, they're, they're putting pictures up and they're partying and they're saying, we're praying for you. And I'm, I'm thinking, and, and I'd looked at this a long time ago and I said, God, do you, does that prayer mean anything to you? John 9, 31 says, now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Isaiah 59, 2 says, but your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So even if we haven't given our hearts to God, you can pray for a loved one that's sick 
I don't, I don't see in the word where it says that that'll mean anything. You must surrender. You must admit you're a sinner and become a Christian so your prayers will be heard because there's many numerous scriptures that says God hears the righteous and he comes in and he dwells with them and he works with them. So I, w- I would say, I don't know every face in the room, but I know a lot of you that you know the gospel, you know the good news, you know that Jesus came and lived on earth perfectly, sent from heaven, sinless. He chose to go to a cross, give his life on it, take your sin and my sin, my sin, your sin, I had my hands backwards, on himself to allow, and to allow himself to be crucified so those sins can die on the cross with him. Three days later, he was raised from the dead, and he went and saw many, and now he sits beside God, praying for you and making a place for all of us. Luke 19.10 says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. That what would Jesus do thing is kind of dead, but I've always, every time I see it, what would Jesus do? He'd come to save and seek, seek out those who are lost. So if you're here this morning, and you don't know, and a a lot of times I had a buddy that, uh, actually I asked a friend of mine before I was married, I said, how do you know when you found the one? And uh, he said, he was married at this time, he said this will sound completely cliche-ish, if I said that word right, (laughs) when you know, you know. And that's how I feel about salvation. I remember reaching that point when I said, God, I've gone to church my whole life. And I don't know if I'm right with you. I don't know if I died, if I'd be in heaven. I was in the Christopher Run campground and uh, in the parking lot, I pulled off on the side of the road and I said, God, I can't do this. Obviously, I don't know how old I was, 19. I said, I've gone to church my whole life, but I'm not right. So I remember that moment. And now I, I know it's not because of anything I do. It's because of what Jesus has done in my life. So if you're here on point number one, and you've never given your life to Christ, we're going to do that at the end. Number two is get whole. This one is hard. I've worked with youth for a long time, and I see the wounds that unloving parents or friends or whatever in their life has inflicted on them. And those wounds, they cut deep. It's, I mean, honestly, looking at it in the flesh, sometimes you think, I don't know how this person can be fixed. And they can't be without a miracle. So it might be your parents or something else in the past we had no control over. It might be the past of porn addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. All those things have deep roots that go, ba- go deep into bad stuff. It might be a past relationship where you have created a soul tie with that person because you've been sexual with them. It might be your lack of self-esteem. You may hate yourself. Whatever it is, God can heal and fix it. When Hannah was born, I uh, I ran out of clean socks. And I don't know if anybody's ever had children, but that that time in the hospital is is very precious to me. Um, It's like you're in your own little, in a bubble, you know? And so I had to go out. I went to Roses on Pantops. We were at the old Martha Jefferson with Hannah. And, uh, and I saw this kid, I don't know how old he was, but he had like a WWF like toy championship belt and had a pictures of all these guys on it. And he was just going berserk. He had to have that thing. And his mom was like, I don't have the money this week. We'll have to get it later. And he was throwing a fit. I mean, he was throwing a fit. 
And in that moment, it was like God showed me. You know, we wonder why you were picked on and you wonder why you have these wounds and you wonder why am I hurting or why do I think I'm not good enough or why do I always beat myself up? And God showed me in that moment with Hannah, as soon as they come out, the devil's standing there waiting because he sees a potential to a person that would give their life to Christ and he wants to crush it immediately. Immediately, when you're in high school, when you're in middle school, when you're a kid, if he can get your parents separated or get them attacking you or physical abusing you, he can start to wound you and he can start to use that later. So parents, it's a serious thing to protect your children spiritually. You know, and, and so it was overwhelming. I remember getting back to the hospital and Megan's like, what in the world's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, because I was messed up. But it, um, it was a reality that is stuck. That it's our job because the, the, not to super protect them, you can't protect them from everything, and I know that. But anything that we can keep from taking root at a, little, a young age is, makes them much easier when they're older. So you can't keep living in the jabs of the devil. You must live in the truth of Jesus. John 10.10 10 says, The thief, who is Satan, does not come except to, to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, being Jesus, have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. As long as we hold to wounds or past, we are handicapped exactly where Satan wants us to be. Stuck in sin. Hebrews 12, 1, I'm gonna read kind of the second half of it. It says, to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. A lot of these scriptures, I, I kind of read it, and they should be familiar to a lot of us. So there's that sin that, is, that ensnares us, the every weight that brings us down. In the Greek, the word weight here means a mass that causes us to bend from its load. Do you have a sin? Do you have a weight that is causing you to bend right now? Is there something that's holding you back? Once ensnared, you can't get out a lot of times. You feel like you're stuck. A lot of times God will come in and miraculously get you out of that. But the thing about a snare is the harder you pull, the tighter it gets. So you need somebody. You need help. You need somebody to come and loosen that thing up. So it may be a person. It may be God just sends the Holy Spirit directly in. But somehow we, we've got to get whole. We've got to get healed. And then there comes another problem of getting whole. So you've gotten saved, you've gotten whole. Then we start to measure our spiritual greatness, right? And we start to think, God can't use me this week. I've only read my Bible once. And so we start to put our faith in our performance. You know, and, and so often I've been there and I've, I've talked with somebody, a couple guys in the church, you know, and it's like, I can't do that, you know. I'm not, I'm not right. I'm not right. Are you ever right enough? We're not. And it's something that just here recently I feel like God is showing me. I don't know if it's my frailty when you have a three-year-old and another one. And I'm ready for y'all to say amen, Nathan and Chelsea. You know, that, <laughs> that it's like I don't have enough time to hardly shower. Or, you know, you feel like you're just stretched. And you're like, reading my Bible and praying and meditating. What? I'm just trying not to flip out, you know? <laughs> and it was a, it, it's a revelation like, it, 
it's not because of me that God uses me. Because last week, I can promise you, as Bernie says, I know me better than anybody. And me's ugly. Me's bad. Me's sinful. Me's selfish. And I could have stood back there and said, no. But we have to realize it's not your level of spirituality as you see it. It's yes, you're saved. And yes, you're made whole. And yes, God is requiring us to do things and asking us to do things. But us doing those things and us performing like we think we should doesn't equal God can use me now. God's going to use us in that. You know, are you following me? Does that make sense? That it's Jesus on the cross that did it, not me. Let's see. This thing can be debilitating to God working through us because we're never going to, the accuser, right? Satan says, he, they, the Bible refers to him as the, the accuser of the brethren. And so we can walk around and we can be hindered by the accusations that the devil is doing. The devil will even use scripture sometimes. Bernie asked me, not asked me, told me, you go preach. I'm mean, a joke. I don't mind. It was, it's, it was planned. So, but Psalms 24, 3 and 4 came to my mind as soon as he said that. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. Immediately, that's, I mean, the devil threw that at me. Well, I shouldn't be surprised because that's what he did to Jesus. You know, and I'm thinking, man, great. Clean hands, yeah, I doubt it, you know. Pure heart, doubt it. And then I remember back, it's not me, it's Jesus. So we're okay with that, and then we start to rely on our holiness once we are saved. But it doesn't make sense to do that. We wouldn't rely on our salvation prayer to be our salvation. We know it's Jesus dying on the cross. We're called to live holy and do all the things that make our spiritual meter go up. But these things don't all of a sudden open the door for God to use us. God will start using you immediately when you have surrendered your life to him. Number three, this one gets used in our house a lot. It's get over yourself. So what does it mean? Well, to us, it means... It doesn't matter if you're sleepy. It doesn't matter if your feelings are hurt. It doesn't matter if you get cut off in traffic. It doesn't matter if one does more around the house or feels like he does more around the house or the other one does more around the house. None of it matters. So when, when, we, when you allow, excuse me, I'm gonna actually, I'm going to read a little bit back from the interpretation. When would you allow me to make you everything you were designed to be? When will you stop holding back? When will you allow my grace, my love, my mercy, my perfectness to make you whole? When will you let your pride be broken? When you, where your pride will be nothing and you are broken before me and you will have nothing. You will have nothing except me. Allow me to come in. I'm standing at the door and knocking. Will you let me, let me in or will you keep me out? What I see here, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to realize we aren't all that. We take ourselves too seriously. I take myself too seriously. I, I, I still get scared when I think I need a tell somebody about Jesus, you know, or go up to that person and pray for them. What if they don't want it? What if they are agnostic? What if, you know, what are you not doing for God because you are scared of what it will cost you or you're ashamed of what people will say? Mark chapter 8, 34 through 38 says, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, 
He said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse 35, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the son of man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. And there's been numerous times in my life that I've been ashamed. And this, there's no beating around this, that Jesus is ashamed of us when we're ashamed of him. God gave us all and he wants us to do the same. So what's holding you back? Is it shame? Is it pride? Is it stubbornness? Is it unforgiveness? Is it unrepented sin? Do you have a pet sin? You got this thing that God keeps saying quit? And you say no? Do you not want to give in? What do we do about it? God must show you what that thing is that's holding you back for getting over yourself. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So we, uh, we were going to do a tractor upgrade at work. And we had an old... I don't know, probably an 80 model, 83 or something, Ford tractor that we use, and it pulls our hay wagons out of the field when we're digging in the spring. So we were doing an upgrade, and we found this sweet John Deere. I've never owned a John Deere. My dad worked at a John Deere dealer when I was a kid, and actually I have old ones, but I've never had like a, a sweet one, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so we found this one in South Carolina. So Noel and Livy and I, we loaded up, left at 4 in the morning, one Saturday morning, drove to South Carolina, uh, we unloaded the Ford that we traded in, loaded up this John Deere tractor. We came home, and we were just, as the saying was, we were grinning, and, you know, we were happy as we could be. So I get on it Monday morning, and I start disking it. About three hours in, it starts messing up. And I'm like, man, what in the world? So then it basically gets worse. I'll make a long story short because it's been long. We've put about six grand in it, you know, and we think it's right. But it's like we do something thinking we had fixed it, and then we drive it again, and it messes up again. Then we do something else, another $1,000. And, you know, and it's just been over and over, and this thing is it's been sickening. Because it's like we paid what I see. There's a lot of people about, you know, two and $300,000 tractors. But for us, it was a lot of money. It was bought at a price, but it wasn't living up to what we paid for it and what we expected. And God showed me that a lot of times you were bought with the ultimate price that messes me up every time we sing. Whatever, who other, what other king has left its throne? What other king has left its glory? Because we don't even know what that glory was like that Jesus left. We can say, we can see palaces and, and royalty here on earth. That doesn't touch heaven. And he left it to pay the price. So you're bought at a price. Don't be broken down. Be everything you were bought with. God looks at you and he sees you as a dream come true. Did you hear it? God looks at you and sees you as a dream come true. He is so excited to see what you can do when you and him are together. Are you broken? Are you over yourself? Are you living up to the price that was paid for you? Number four, the last get is get on with it. 
Once we have given our hearts to God, allowed him to fix us and make us whole and gotten over ourselves, we must get moving, being what Jesus is calling us to be. All of us have something we're called to do for God. What's yours? Is it loving your family well? Is it telling a random person about God's love? Is it giving to a missionary? Is it fasting and praying for a burden God has put on your heart? Is it to lead thousands to Christ or give a cup of water to someone who is thirsty? They're all important. And we apply our worldly thinking to it. When we think he leads thousands, I give a cup of water. God doesn't measure stuff like we measure stuff. There's something for all of us and none of it is more important than another. Matthew 28, 19 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the King James, it says, go and teach all the nations. Teach how to be saved. Teach what God's done in your life. Teach the promises he's promised us in his word. Make a difference for Christ. So to close, you sit here and, and I was challenged. I don't know if I've relayed the challenge that God, as I read this, put on me. But Hannah wanted to go home and reread what she learned in Daisies on Wednesday night. And it was the story of when Peter had to pay the taxes. And Jesus says, go and catch a fish. Take the money out of his mouth and pay my taxes and yours. And in her little Bible, it says, and it was the exact amount. And I went and read it and it, the Bible doesn't say Jesus got any change, Peter got any change back, you know? <laughs> now taxes then may have been to like taxes now, they go take all they can get. But, but what I saw in that, I read it and God said, you see, I'm always in the moment and I'm always the right amount, you know? And when you're standing there, if you're in this morning and you think, man, I don't know if I'm saved, God's exactly what you need right now. If you're standing here this morning and you think, man, I'm broken, I'm whole, I'm holy, not in, I'm full of holes. And God's trying to pour in me and it just keeps coming out because I've got this wound, I've got that wound, I've got this lack of self-esteem. God's exactly what you need right now. If you are full of pride or if you're scared of what people are going to say, you're a freak. Well, I'm going to be a freak when I die, when I'm shouting glory at heaven. So why not be it now? Jesus is just enough right now. So this morning, you may wonder, why did I bring this? Hannah had it on the floor. And she stood in it. And all of a sudden, you saw the light, lights go off. She said, Daddy, I can't walk. She tried to put one foot in front of another. And she couldn't go anywhere because she had them both in the box. God said, Timmy, we're standing in a box. And we're wondering why we can't go. And we're wondering why we can't do the things that Jesus has called us to do. And I think what God said last week is you're standing in one of these four boxes. You haven't surrendered it all to him. You haven't let him heal you. You haven't gotten over yourself and you haven't gotten going. So my altar call this morning is, what's your box that you're standing in? 
What is it that's holding you back? What is it that Jesus is saying, I'm over here, come on. We've got great things to do. And you're standing in the box and you say, I can't walk. God says, get up out of it. I'll rip the box to pieces and I'll make the pathway. Like the old footprints that every grandma's had in their house, you know. I'll walk in front of you. Last week, Alex said all she had was two words. She said in her seat, I said, how many? How many? She kept saying, how many what, God? How many what, God? She said she got up here and God gave the rest of it to her. That's what walking in faith looks like. Is that I'm not going to give it all to you. You know, that footprints thing, I don't know exactly how it's written. But I've never seen Jesus show me where that path leads. I've always just seen him show me there's a step right there. Oh, there's one over there, Timmy. Go over there. So this morning, as we close, I don't know what your box is. You may know what it is. You may not even know what it is. You just know you're standing and you want to go and you don't know why you can't. But Jesus knows. So I'll give an altar call not to be like, oh, all these people came forward or all these people didn't come forward. I give an altar call because I know my life has been changed so many times here at this altar. And if that person, whoever it was, was preaching, didn't give me an opportunity, I may have missed out. So I'm gonna pray. And if you've got something you wanna deal with, if you want somebody to pray with you, I ask the board to come up. If people come, if people don't, I'm not hurt. Okay, Father, we thank you today, God, for your word, Lord. I thank you, God, that you use imperfect people like me, Lord. You use us, God, to do things, Lord, that you've called us to do. God, you use us, Lord, to to be your hands and to be your feet, to be your mouth. God, I don't know why you choose to use us. I don't know why. Sometimes we may feel like our spiritual meter is extremely high, Lord, and then you use us for nothing. Other times we feel like we're in the middle of the worst pit we've been in and you choose to use us. But God, I pray for each heart that's here today, Lord. And as we meditate on what you spoke to us last week, Lord, where are we? What is it, God, that's holding us back? And Lord, right now I ask that you just show that to each person, God. Show that to me, Lord. What's holding me back, Lord? What's holding her back? What's holding him back? God, we can go through our life and we can be saved and we can get to heaven. Or God, we can go through our life and we can grow daily. We can be changed daily. And we can look back and say, whoa, look how far me and Jesus have gone. Or God, we can stand in our box, Lord, and we can get to heaven and say, God, I never let you get me out of the box. Forgive us, Lord. God, forgive us for not doing the things that you've called us to do. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by it. Central Virginia Assembly of God is located on 5052 Cross County Road, Mineral Virginia, 23117. If you would like more information about the church, visit us at centralvaag.org or call 804-514-2413. We would love to hear from you. God bless.